The war in Gaza has made it difficult, if not impossible at times, for people there to connect with the outside world. NPR's Hadil Al-Shalchi went to Ramallah in the Israeli-occupied West Bank, where one of the main Palestinian cell networks is based. From their home in Ramallah, Rana Youssef and her husband, Ala Ibrahim, try to call family members in different parts of Gaza. Now when I want to call, I dial each family member one by one, calling them four or five times to see who connects, she says. But usually, it's a futile exercise. She says it may take her days to even get a text message from someone. According to NetBlocks, a service that tracks internet connectivity around the world, there have been 10 major blackouts in Gaza since the beginning of the war. Hamza Nasif is with the Palestinian Telecommunications Company, or Paltel, in Ramallah. In a room with a dozen monitors on the wall, he points to one showing little red flags up and down a map of Gaza. These are uh, downsides, are out of service, and the green one is uh, the working one. That's a lot of red. Yeah. When there's a blackout, Paltel has to send someone to fix cables or drive in more fuel. The cell phone provider is now giving free minutes to Gaza clients, and their customer service members act as an emergency call center, trying to connect missing family members to each other or calling ambulances. Working in uh, this part of the world is quite difficult. Mahmoud Faris has been in charge of Paltel's emergency operations since the beginning of the war. He says no matter what, Paltel's work can be complicated. There's Israel's set of rules but also answering to Hamas in Gaza and the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank. So probably we are the only operator in the world that deals with three regulators. Israel controls borders, imports and exports, making it difficult to bring in supplies. As part of the Oslo Accords, a landmark set of agreements from the mid-90s, Israel was also given control over all Palestinian cellular comms and technology. Even before the war, cell phone reception was spotty in Gaza. It still operates on a 2G network, while Israel, like other parts of the world, has moved on to 5G. Fadis says Paltel is used to working in difficult conditions, including war. But this time, he says it's different. The scale of destruction got worse and worse. Uh, in the first two weeks of the war, one of our main office buildings was bombed. That was a first for us. And later on, our uh, exchange offices and data centers got bombed one by one. In Gaza, Faris says that Israel has sabotaged the comms lines twice, a claim Israel's military denies. The rest of the blackouts, he says, are due to the Israeli army's destruction of Gaza's wider infrastructure. Fiber network cables have been ripped up on the streets from bulldozing. Paltel has over 500 towers in Gaza. It says 80% of them are now gone. The Israeli military refused to confirm that for this story. The war has also affected the ability of aid organizations to communicate to provide life-saving services. Fadis says it's hard to get in touch with his own workers on the ground. We have maybe 900 employees in Gaza, maybe 1,000. Maybe we don't know the whereabouts of maybe 20% of them. We don't know. Are they alive, arrested, are they killed? We don't know. And the dangers of working in a war zone affects Paltel every day. We lost two of our people while doing a maintenance. They were hit. And there were maybe five or six incidents uh, where our teams were attacked by the Israeli army. Sometimes they say by mistake. 
The Israeli military declined to comment on Faris's claim. And yet, Paltel employees, he says, keep going out to work in Gaza. Some of them can simply choose to leave, but they don't, and they can. But they tell me, if we are destined to die, we prefer to die doing something useful. Back in their house at Ramallah, Rana Yusuf and her husband are drinking tea. Suddenly, the phone rings. It's her brother-in-law calling from Gaza, from the Red Crescent Hospital in Khan Yunus, where he's sheltering. Her husband picks up. It's a rare moment when they get an update. The hospital is besieged, her brother-in-law says. He can't get out, but they're fine. Yeah. And then the call drops. Hadil al-Shalchi, NPR News, Ramallah.